Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, to the victor goes the spoiled. Natalie brings the case against her husband, Hugo. She wants to throw food away when she decides it's spoiled or too old. Hugo hates waste and is aghast that Natalie throws away moldy but otherwise, quote, perfectly usable, unquote, items. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Me, me, me. Floridian house of food that is garbage. A place of bad smells and dispute over food. Maison Florian de la nourriture avariée. Natalie et Hugo son épouse combattant. Et la différence entre un collectionneur et un hoarder. Un refrigerator ou une poubelle. Un poubelle. Da, da, da. Jesse, swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he eats only fungus, specifically corn smut or huitlacoche? Uh, okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Judge Hodgman? Hell, if Jesse coming in with a sweet huitlacoche reference... <laughs> I used to live right next door to a great wheat lacoche restaurant. I've had some corn smut before, and it's good. You could also buy chapines, which is uh, uh, deep-fried grasshoppers. Uh, uh, well, no, I haven't had. I've had fried crickets, and I've had fried mealworms, but not the grasshoppers. And I know that those are supposed to be a delicacy. But wait a wait a minute, we got a lot of food to talk here. Before we go any further, for an immediate summary judgment in your favor, can you tell me what piece of culture I was referencing when I entered the court when I entered the courtroom? Ugo. I can't even tell you what that word was that you just said. <laughs> I have no idea. That was your name in French. Ugo. <laughs> Maintenant, de Ugo. And Natalie? I have no idea. That was, in fact, the theme of the great chain of Canadian pizza restaurants, Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage, or Chopag, which longtime listeners will remember from verdict number 38, the pizza pauper. But, of course, I changed the words to reflect your situation. You live in Florida. You own or rent a home or condominium or apartment. Is that correct? <laughs> wow, you're psychic. Yes. In which yeah. some, well, I'm, I, I, have, I, have, uh, I have gifts. I'm talented. Let's just say that. In which the food is sometimes garbage. Is that not also so? That, that is, is true, correct. Sir. All right. Now, before we talk. It is all in the eye of the beholder. I can feel the, I can feel the pain. In the in the in the breast of our expert witness, for for Jesse and I to be talking about wheat lacoche and fried grasshoppers, and for him to have to remain silent, so he shall remain silent no longer. Please welcome our expert witness, uh, uh, food safety expert, and general expert on food and uh, the processes thereof, Mr. Alton Brown. Oh, thank goodness! I, I thought the wheat lacoche thing was going to kill me. You've had wheat lacoche, right? Oh, I've I've had me some some uh, corn scum. Yeah, absolutely. It's the the truffle of Mexico, and you know, basically. And you do you like it or do you not like it? I do. I do like me some wheat lacoche. I do. I don't like the canned wheat lacoche very much, but but I like the the fresh wheat lacoche. And now, is there such a thing? And this goes exactly to the point we're going to discuss with Ugo and Natalie. Is there such a thing as as fresh wheat lacoche? Does it not require essentially some 
some going rotten or is it a fresh well, fungus I, that grows on the it, corn? It, it, it is it is a it is a fresh fungus um it doesn't have to ferment or rot or go through any other form of decomposition in order to be edible although it certainly can and is often dried to some degree mm-hmm. i w- i should have said uh, simply that i prefer to be unprocessed in a can that okay. i should have said that Right. So it's a fresh fungus on on old corn or or even fresh. No, no, no. It it, it can it can it, it typically only grows on corn that's actually on the stalk. I've I've never seen a wheat lacoche grow on on corn that's down or corn that's rotting. It's it's a it likes to attach itself to something healthy and growing. So in other words, something that looks and 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 smells and tastes to certain palates like garbage may in fact be a fresh and wholesome food. I see where you're going with this, and I'm going to open the door and say yes. All right. So, Hugo, even before you even said a word, and that may be for the best in this podcast, <laughs> already, already, already testimony has been given in your favor. This, the subject of dispute is that, Hugo, you hold on to food. Yes, uh, sir. Past a point where your spouse, Natalie, feels is preferable. And, mm. and Natalie, you would say that Hugo holds on to food to the point that it is disgusting <laughs> and you throw it away. Does that sum it up? Hugo, go first. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that sums it up quite quite nicely. Natalie. Well, just, can we have a could we have an exact um give us a, a definition or an example of a particular food over which you have fought? I, I'd like to get some conditions here because there's a lot of gray area here, you know? Right. I agree. And I think that's really what it comes down to. We're talking about food relativity here. What area okay. of the food? Actually, actually you go, here. we'll decide that. We'll decide that. <laughs> so, the, so the question is, what area of the food has to be gray before you throw it out? <laughs> Very insightful question. And it, and it depends on the kind of food, I must say. But it, it basically comes down to if the food is not a, a murder weapon, then it's okay. You mean like a frozen leg of lamb? <laughs> I mean like like That's a, one of my favorite stories, Judge uh, right. Hodgman. Lamb to the slaughter story. by Roald Dahl. The slaughter, right? Roald Dahl. Yeah, he, she fed it to the cops that he worked with, yeah. Yeah, because the cops were always coming around just to yep. check to see if anyone was murdered that day. And yep. instead, she served them a delicious leg of lamb. Delicious leg of lamb. I, I'm curious then, Hugo, you, you define palatable by whether or not it can kill somebody. And if it can kill somebody, it, it is palatable. Is that what you're saying? Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> well, that is what you just said. You said unless it's a murder weapon or could be used as a murder weapon, it's okay. So rotten, putrid food, things that uh, as long as it what, doesn't have something at, actually hatching on it, like, like, like lice or maggots, if, you know, how, how deep can the, can the mold get before Hugo decides it's no good anymore? Well, I, I draw from my experience, my, my long experience of, of dealing with food before it gets to that point. So some of it is a gray area, but basically as long as it doesn't end up harming me, then it's okay. And everybody else can just sort of deal with it. What, what is your long experience in dealing with food past its prime? Oh, man. Um, Have you worked in I kitchens? Think, uh, Let me ask you this question. Yes. Do you work in kitchens yes. or do you dumpster dive? Those are my questions. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, no, I dream of dumpster diving. No, I'm kidding. I've seen it on, on the TV and, and I said, look, Natalie, it's, it's me. But I've never gone to that extreme. But I understand where they're coming from. And that's, that's I think, a really good analogy to the way that I approach, approach food. I still want it to taste very good. I want it to be a good experience. But when there's food that's going to go to waste, I, you know, my heartstrings start to 
pool and, and I figure like I'm doing something good by not letting it go to waste. Natalie, specific question. Give me a specific example of a time or a foodstuff rather that you wanted to throw away that Hugo did not want to throw away. Well, I don't know if it's too early to bring up the evidence that I provided. It's never too early. Okay, well. <laughs> Specificity is the soul up. of narrative. Please bring up the evidence. <laughs> okay, the evidence is that of a moldy cheese Danish that he left in his car over a week prior that had been growing some unique mold in variety of spots. Mm-hmm. Um, I said that that's disgusting and that it needs to be thrown away. Plus, it's just a cheese Danish. It really doesn't have any nutritional value. And he refused and he did what's called a cleanup session in which he picked up <laughs> all of the moldy spots and then continued to eat it as if it was a normal cheese Danish. You use that term cleanup session as though it comes up a lot in your house. Like that is a, that is a, a, stand, a standard lingo. Yeah. 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 Time to cut off the mold of this piece of bread or th- this bagel or whatever. Yes. That's one of my favorite sayings. How often, a, how often a week are you doing a cleanup session on some food out of your refrigerator or ice box? I, I would say probably once every month or once every Liar. every, every Liar. quarter. No, 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 no. I, really, I will have in, order. <laughs> in all truthfulness, Your Honor, the way that I approach it is that I take care of it. And if she doesn't, you know, notice it, then maybe the number would be a little bit more inflated, but she doesn't see it that often. And you are telling the truth? He's lying. I, I am telling the truth. Before, I am. Before le Dieu ou quoi d'autre? Natalie, <laughs> I, understand, no. I understand you're accusing him of lying. What would be your yeah. estimate? Yeah. Well, what happens is... No, I don't want to hear what I, happens is. Okay. <laughs> you call him a liar. Okay, fine. What is six the number of times, times a month? Six times a month, more than once At- a week? At least, yes. I would like to have more more um, actual description of some of these occurrences. Uh, that that was a very very good um, explanation of a of a kind of an automobile bound you know Danish situation. Um, but bring it bring it back to home because I mean the way I look at it was that in his car. Yes. Okay, that's none of your business. So let's go. Uh, let's go now. Now, granted, granted, he is definitely. Uh, I, I've already ascertained through through dealing with a lot of anthropologists and food related issues that Hugo is a highly functioning sociopath. I want to get that behind <laughs> us because he is. And, and so because ordered. I've read the so brief ordered. on this case, I, I've read the brief on this case. The whole thing about in restaurants waiting for people to finish and saying, "Are you going to eat that?" That's the operation of a highly functioning sociopath. It's clear that the social, um, the you know, the the social rules of, of, of societal eating well, don't now, really matter to him, but now, that's wait, his business. It's now, his wait car. a minute. Alton, let me interrupt for yeah, a moment. Yeah. Okay. You've read the brief on this case, right? I have, but, yes. but our listeners have, yes. have not. And apparently yes. I haven't either. Can, <laughs> can you, can you explain what you're referring to or Hugo, can you explain? Well, the, there were references, if I am not mistaken, sure to the fact that, that that this moves outside of of the of the home uh, to to the restaurant environments where apparently um, you go will will either order something very small or not order at all and simply wait for other people to finish their food, then say, "Are you going to finish that?" and then take their food from them. Is that true, or are you a liar? Can I plead the fifth? No, I'm, no. I'm joking. I. I I think that used to be it, it. It is true. It has it has stopped. I used to do that. I used to strategize uh, to do exactly that. I do admit that. Hugo, are you on medication right now? 
No, I'm I'm you're not clear minded kind of anti um you know antidepressants or or some <laughs> other schizophrenic medicines. Any I just want to know because I mean this this is the well yeah antipsychotics I, I didn't want to say that because people will go off the hook sometimes when you say that. Oh, well, I just think we should establish that because that could pretty much just shut this whole thing down. I was just hoping <laughs> I could buy some. <laughs> I've got a website I, I contribute. I want to get back to the six time Please. a month business now. We'll we'll deal with your your sociopathic tendencies later. Let, let's let's deal with what goes on in the home that you share uh, with with Natalie. Um, I, I'd like to get some idea of just you know some foods that you think it's okay to do cleanups on, uh, and kind of the the level of cleanup that you consider acceptable. Um, and then I'd also like to know, you know, how disgusting that might be for, for your, your wife who I'm taking would, would gag on a lot of the things that you, you seem to, to enjoy. Sure. I'll give you a perfect example. We have a mango okay. tree and an avocado tree in our backyard. And oh, I've, lucky. I've, yeah, I love them. I value those, those plants more than, than a lot of things. And I will take them after they fall off on the ground. And, you know, sometimes when they're really ripe. And there's been a big yield. I won't be able to catch all of them. So one of them will fall and it'll be ripe and it'll split open or something along those lines. I will cut the part out that is browning. I will cut the part out that has come into contact with bugs or the ground. And I will consume said item with large smile on my face. Um, are, are these um, these wonderful uh, fruits uh, that mm-hmm. have, have fallen down to the ground um, – what, what are they landing on, Hugo? What, 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 what is around those trees? Uh, describe the environment to me. The environment is a backyard with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dirt, dirt and dog you know, poop. Dirt patches, dirt, dirt and dog poop. Is, I was going to say, mainly, mainly kiddie pools full of human feces. Why? Yep. <laughs> Well, I, I think that it is important that we we establish what it is that these these foods are coming in contact with, uh, whether you know chemicals from some kind of lawn chemicals are being used, uh, whether there is a lot of animal excrement in the area, uh, certainly has a bearing on the safety of, of these items. Correct, and there there is not any um, any pesticides or any lawn chemicals that I I can speak to, and mm-hmm. the Wait, you're lying. animal you're lying again. You're lying again. Because you actually push the dog's poop underneath the fruit trees to fertilize it naturally. So you're actually <laughs> pushing all the poop under the tree. So you're oh, my God. Oh, my God. You know, is this true that you are using God's own compost underneath these trees and then picking up the fruit from the fecal ground that you have laid and, and, and dining upon it? I must say that it is true that I do use my dog's my dog's poop as, as fertilizer, but I will never I, I will never be I challenge Natalie to provide evidence that any one of the food that I've I've eaten has actually landed upon the excrement that that our dog has put on the uh, in the backyard. I, I really can't believe that a sane person would split hairs with me on this, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> Hugo, do you live in an area where, where water occasionally falls from the sky in the form of precipitation, uh, also known I've, as rain? Yeah, I've heard of that. What, does that happen where you live? I don't know where you live. I assume that you probably live in California based on your mango and avocado um, availability. Would that be accurate? Florida, I believe. Florida, Florida. I'm yes. sorry, Florida. Florida. So it, 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 rains, it rains pretty gosh darn hard down in Florida, does it not? 
Yes, it does. So it is possible. Just work with me here. It is possible during a precipitative action or event that some of the fecal matter from your dogs that you've shoved so industriously <laughs> under the tree could spread out in a, in a form that might be um, hard to detect with the naked eye. Yes. Come on, answer correct. me, you turd. You don't I, tell me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Alton Brown, if you'd please walk around the avocado tree outside for a moment and calm down because right I'm now you have your hand around the throat of the, of the, of the witness. It's going to back away. Hugo? I'm, I'm going to go have a tea. Right. I'm, I can still breathe. I'm good. Stand by for, for a moment because uh, Bailiff Jesse and I are going to have to talk about some important financial matters pertaining to this court. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you, it's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com, promo code Hodgman. 
Terms and conditions apply. Expert witness Alton Brown, welcome back to the court. Did you get some fresh air? I'm here. I'm here. I'm 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 better. I, I was a little upset. I was out of line. I apologize to all. No, 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 no. You were you were perfectly in line. You were perfectly in line because Hugo is happily talking about how he's eating poop encrusted avocados all day long. <laughs> Mangoes and mangoes. And actually, it's the mangoes that concern me a little bit more than the avocados. Avocados don't actually fully ripen until they are removed from the tree. Mm -hmm. So I don't have a problem with picking up an avocado, which has a pretty sturdy exterior to it um, and could could thoroughly be washed. Um, But I'm I'm already petrified. what what he goes on outside of the house. I've been disgusted by what he does in his car, but I still haven't heard about what what hideous crimes he's committed inside the domestic dwelling itself. Uh, well, Natalie, you spoke in, in your brief about a, a, a habit of scraping the plates clean. Can you explain what that is? Basically, he when we well, that's kind of when we go out to dinner. He basically um, will scrape a plate to the point of annoyance of surrounding um, restaurant goers, and he will lick it clean. Um, lick the inside of containers, plates, uh, lick the my plate as well. Basically, so that there's not one kernel. Wait, let me let me plate. let me break let me break in for a second. Yeah, you're saying he licks the plates in the restaurant. Yes. Okay. Like it's like I took a homeless guy I found out to dinner. Are you describing your husband, or are you describing my terrier Coco? <laughs> They're probably very similar. Did they both grow up on the streets of Tijuana? I know my dog did. <laughs> no, he's from Puerto Rico. So, but the the question that I have is, at home, does he also scrape slash lick the plates, and then what happens? Yes, then he'll try to either put them back in the cabinet as if they weren't used, or oh, please. Um, <laughs> so, I don't have Hugo. I overruled. Uh, overruled. <laughs> You're already a proven liar and turd eater. You be quiet for a moment while your wife speaks. I'm calling the police. I just want you to know I'm calling the police. Alton is calling the police. The next sound you hear will be someone knocking on your door because there clearly needs to be an intervention. I want to be very clear here for a moment, Natalie. And we're all having a good time here in the Floridian house of food that is garbage. But I really need a straight answer that is very clear. When your husband is eating food, and he scrapes the plate clean, he puts it back into the cupboard? Yes. Routinely or, I mean, not that it matters, but is this a routine or once or twice? No, occasionally. Okay. And does he put plates back in the cupboard after he has licked the plates clean? I can assume so, but I can't verify with my own eyes that I've seen that. So, Have you ever taken a plate out of the cupboard to find food residue on it because your husband has put a used plate back into the cupboard? Yes, with like finger streaks. Yes, finger, and food residue. Finger streaks and food residue. Okay. Hugo, you denied this? Are, 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 do you continue to deny it? Yes or no? Vehement, vehemently, I deny this. I think that, that she, has, she has overplayed her hand. She's, she's calling me a liar, and at this point, she's showing her true colors. Those other things I'll address later that she charged me with, but that is not true. I do not lick the plate as a dishwasher and put it back in the the (laughs) cupboard. That is absolutely categorically false. Wow. Well, Natalie, are you... Because at this point, it wouldn't surprise us. I know. I (laughs) I know, and and I understand that. I know my track record doesn't... You have a lot of nerve, sir, because you're standing there saying, my wife must prove that these mangoes (laughs) fell into dog poop. 
And that's the standard of proof you ask for her. And yet you are already a proven weirdo and turdy. <laughs> well played, Judge. Well played. And I don't, I, I don't understand. How can you... You're accusing her of lying outright about your behavior. Is that correct? You have never done that. Remember, you are, un, uh, you are under fake internet oath. Have you ever I, I cleaned do. off a plate and put it back into the cupboard without washing it with soap and water? Yes, I've, I've washed it with water or with a paper towel and then put it back in a there. A wet paper towel or I've a never, dry paper never, towel. No, you it, wouldn't it, waste a paper towel. That's false. Stan, excuse, no. me. excuse me, madam, please. Sorry. I'm speaking to Turdier now. <laughs> so when I'm not busy eating turds, I do, do wash the dishes. I wash the dishes and then I'll put them back in the cupboard. I would say equal 50-50 with her, if not slightly more. I've never licked a, a dish to as a washing mechanism. I don't know where that comes from, but I will admit that I do lick plates uh, out in the open at times and definitely with no with no reservations in my household. All right. Well, we'll just stipulate that that's gross, <laughs> but not germane to this issue. It might be tomane to this issue, however. <laughs> nice. Stab me. Oh, Stab me. Expert witness, Alton Brown. I'm here. We have three, three issues before us. Oh, we got uh, a lot more than that, but well, I get your point. I know. Then I, I have isolated three issues that I would like okay. your expert opinion on. But before I get your, uh, your final ruling on those issues from a, from a scientific and, and food hygiene issue or yes. perspective, I should say, um, you have uh, other issues that you'd like to explore with the witnesses? I still am very interested um, in, in something uh, that uh, the plaintiff mentioned um, a while back now about this, uh, this six times a month business of kind of, um, uh, of, of saying that you go would intervene with food in this uh, so-called cleanup mode um, there in the house. We still actually, we, we've, we've gotten so sidetracked by this other shocking behavior that we, we've wandered away from, from what was really tantamount to the case, which was what is it that he is doing to food where he expects to continue to consume something that is clearly spoiled or, or so past its prime as to be considered by, you know, most people to, to be spoiled. I, I would still like to hear something. All we've heard about is some, some turd coated mangoes and that's in the yard. Okay. That's in the yard mm -hmm. and, and a, a, a spotty Danish in the car. I, mm -hmm. I, I want to hear just a little bit more evidence about what this guy's actually doing to food that is, that is like in the refrigerator or, you know, food that has been prepared domestically for consumption. Natalie, you're bringing these accusations. Please lay out your case. What he does to mostly he focuses on produce. Um, he won't throw out produce. He will pick off all of the he will do his cleanup um, to the fruit. And even if there is maybe a portion of one grape left, he will eat that portion and throw the rest away if it's moldy. So he does that on a daily basis. I'll throw out the food and put it in the garbage. He'll take it out of the garbage, put it back in the fridge and continue this process. What kind of food do you throw away? that he will sure. put back in? Um, I will throw away strawberries that have some mold on them, grape tomatoes that have mold on them. Mostly produce, I, fruits, and vegetables? Yeah, right. yeah, basically. What about meat? Um, do, do, does he, is, there, is there anything, do you, are you vegetarians? Uh, we try to be, and I intentionally don't cook meat because I'm scared he's going to 
not throw it out and get <laughs> uh-huh. okay no so do you, do you have does your refrigerator work yes it, okay. it works <laughs> but i guess i don't eat as much produce as i intend to mm-hmm. uh and so uh, uh, when you dispose of food without his permission you throw it in the garbage and yes. he takes it out of the garbage correct do you ever do anything else to the food um, sometimes I'll put soap on it so that he doesn't eat it. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should throw it under the mango tree. <laughs> no, no, then he'll definitely eat it. <laughs> so, uh, so it sounds like the, one, one of the issues you've got is that you guys buy too much food that you don't consume in a timely manner. Yeah, I, I will admit that. I think that that's true. I, I intend, um, you know, I want us to eat healthy, so I'll have great aspirations of us eating all organic fruits and vegetables then. When it comes down to it, I guess we really don't. Natalie, Natalie, do you do most of the shopping? Yes. So could we also interpret at least this action with 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 Hugo's uh, behavior regarding the produce as him simply trying to make up for your domestic inadequacy as a shopper <laughs> and inability to meal plan? Um, because that's something that a loving husband would we- do. I mean, you know, he doesn't want to waste the fact that you're apparently a grocery spinthrift. No, I completely disagree. Well, of course you disagree. You're a a woman. Um, (laughs) And I I would expect that. But I mean, around my household, typically things that are things that are purchased are consumed before they become disgusting. What you want to be able to do is simply throw away food. Yes, I I enjoy throwing away moldy food. Well, Hugo, let me ask you this. You spend a great deal of time and effort um, doing cleanup on food. Have you ever thought about just eating it before it becomes disgusting? Well, see, that's part of the problem, and I'm glad that you brought it up. It's not a matter that I go out of my way to try to find food that's disgusting or moldy. It's just like you mentioned, there's always an abundance of food in my refrigerator. At least this is just in the house. And I always attempt to eat as much of it as possible, but I can't even get around to all the food before it gets tossed in the trash can. And let me say, just as a corollary, please, that a man must have a code. And if the food has touched the trash can or other food in that trash can, then I do not eat it. If it's not in a container of some sort, then I will not try to prep it or, or clean it up. Like she says, do you deny that you take the food out of the garbage when she puts it in there? No, I do not deny that. So, so my code is basically that if it gets to the point where it can get me sick or I can't determine from my past experience that, that there's a good likelihood that I won't get sick, you know, then, then okay. I'll make my decision based right. on that. But you just said this, you this, this is the question that this is a question I got to ask. Let me, let me, let me ask a question here. Does taste and flavor or sensation come into this at all? Or will you eat it even yes. if you have to choke it no. down? You'll eat it even if no. it tastes terrible because you just uh, said that you'll eat it if it won't make you sick. You, do you have right. any other standard other than the, the aforementioned illness? It's both. It's both. I'll be completely honest. I'll eat some things that that don't taste that good and force myself to do it um, just out of out of sheer will. (laughs) And then sometimes I'll actually throw things away because they're too rancid. And and, uh, Natalie will congratulate me on those occasions. So is there a is there a a poverty? I mean, it doesn't sound like you guys are poor. Um, you, 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 (laughs) you, You have. Um, refrigerator fulls of food. Yet, is there something in your past, Hugo, in your in your childhood that makes you believe that it's literally a sin to waste this food? Is there an, an emotional, ethical issue here from your past? Yeah, yes, there is. There's, there's. I think a philosophy that that I think 
It's particularly here in America. We throw away, we waste, we consume, we throw away, and we never actually take the time to enjoy the things that we have. We always look for the next thing. And particularly with food, it's even worse because there's so many people that are literally dying of starvation that I feel like I can control the little bit of of space around me by eating the food that that Natalie so wastefully buys. And so this is this is he does. He does. He has a good point. Oh my God. Now that I think of it, you know, I have a, I have a number of uh, plates in my house that I've never actually tasted by licking them. (laughs) Well, I I just want to say that on one hand, Hugo is completely within the bounds of reason. It is actually (laughs) very difficult to get sick off of off of food. It, 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 a food that goes bad in the refrigerator typically tastes worse before it'll actually get bad enough to, to hurt you. The foods that make us sick actually taste and look fine. It's things like salmonella and E. coli that come into our homes. But when food starts to go bad, in most cases, it's, it's just a matter of taste. Um, very rarely will these foods make you, you sick. So I don't think that Hugo is, is endangering himself. I just want to be clear on that. Not even with regard to the mangoes in the, from the backyard? Well, out there, that disturbs me. Okay, that disturbs yep. me. I'm talking about once it comes into the house. Food, I'll, I'll even be honest. I like, my, I like chicken to be just a little on the gamey side. I'll let my chicken sit in the refrigerator where I know it's controlled, but I'll let it get a little age on it, which is you know, something that used to be very common in Europe was to, to hang fowl and, and let it get a little on the stinky side. Um, I don't like the, either the flavors, aromas, or feel of mold, uh, but I will cut mold off of cheese and I will, I, will, I will scoop mold off of yogurt because those are foods that tend to get surface mold that doesn't penetrate. Um, the, 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 the bigger concern is that Hugo doesn't know the, the, the lines. You could become seriously ill uh, from, from those outdoor culinary adventures of yours. Out in, out in that world, um, that's a different world out there. What's going on in your refrigerator? is basically just decay. And if you can bear to choke it down or feel you must choke it down, then in most cases, none of it's going to kill you. It's going to be disgusting. And I'm sorry that you feel you have to do it. And I, and I hope you guys can work out your shopping so that you don't. But truth is, you're probably not going to harm yourself. And, and you certainly shouldn't, um, you know, of course, be making anybody else do that. But you've got some hygiene issues that are bigger concerns. I mean, <laughs> I'm not coming to eat at your house. I am not coming to eat at your house because I don't know what you've done with a plate. And, you know, you're willing to play pretty wild with the rules. You, you stated in one situation when the judge asked you directly if you would get something out of the trash that Natalie put there. You said you would. Um, that shows that there's something else going on here. And I think it's kind of, you know, you got some passive aggression issues. Um, and, and, I, and I still think maybe borderline sociopath. Um, <laughs> Especially with well, that now, restaurant are you stuff. Talk, we're not are you talking kids? about Hugo or Natalie here? Because I'm still reflecting on the fact. No, 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 no. Go, she's just a spit no, a bad chopper. No, 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 no. Because she's putting soap on food to prevent him from taking out of the garbage <laughs> to eat it. And also, if I read in the brief, did you do you also put bleach on food to keep him from eating it? Yes. And do you ever consume soapy or bleachy food, Hugo? No, he no, I, I've I've never done that. But you you that, realize that you're married. You realize that you're married to a human being and not a dog, right? yes we've been happily married for five years all right so i think i've heard everything i need to go into my chambers to to do my my thinking over uh, and chew over the mold of this case uh before i go natalie what would you like me if i were to find in your favor what would you like me to order 
I would like some type of um, control over being able to throw food away. I know that, you would, I know like, that you would like that, but what would you like me to order yeah. specifically? I would like you to order that I have the authority to throw food away once I deem it unsanitary or un, unsafe to eat. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, Hugo, I think you better I bet you better change that to unpalatable because yeah. if you go by by safe to eat, right, you're not going to get you're what right, you you're want. Right. Uh, aesthetically unappealing to eat because I basically, like you guys said, none of you guys want to come over to our house to eat. I want to oh, have friends no. over, you know, and I don't want my fridge to look like it's full of dumpster dive treasures. I want people to come over and see nice, fresh items and and be able to enjoy a meal with clean plates and wholesome food. So, Natalie, no, nobody's coming, Natalie. I know. No, nobody's coming. Now wait, now, wait a minute. It's wait not a minute. Happen. I might come. Please I come might. To my house. Where in Florida are you? We're in Fort Lauderdale. Oh, no, I'm definitely not coming. I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not coming. I'm not even going to Fort Lauderdale now. <laughs> do you let, let, me, let me ask you a question before I go into Chambers. You do most of the shopping, Natalie. Is that correct? Yes. You buy a lot of organic produce that then starts to rot in your refrigerator because you don't eat it fast enough. Is that correct? I guess I buy too much at one time. Is that because you're eating other food instead? Do you, buy an no. aspira- do you buy an aspirational box of washed mesclun salad? Yeah. You know, organic biodynamic washed mesclun salad that goes into your fridge. You never, you never look at it again until it's half rotted because you're eating, you know, Fritos or whatever. <laughs> Bingo. <laughs> Bingo. And then, it, and then no. it's up to, and then it's up to Hugo to pull out the, the, the couple <laughs> of leaves of baby romaine and arugula in there. That, that will still be good to eat. No, I put Fritos on the salad. I do eat the salad. I just, after... Wait a minute. Did you just say you put, Frito, did you just salad, say you put Fritos on the salad? Sometimes. I find in your favor. This this Chris is a jerk. <laughs> no, I'll go, I'll, go into, I'll go into chambers for a moment and then I'll come back and, and, uh, and Alton and I will give a real ruling. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hugo, did you have you gotten hungry in your life? No, it's um, I, I think the only psychological thing that I can sort of think of is that my grandfather in Puerto Rico was under undernourished, malnourished, and he was four foot nine. He's a Native American, and then my father was five foot five or five foot six, and then me and my brothers are both six foot two. You know, the the progression in a picture in a family photo is pretty stark, and it has to do with with actual poverty in my in my family history. Do you think it's possible that if you and Natalie have children, you start feeding them this poop fruit, they're going to end up five foot two? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. But, I, you know, I didn't even get a chance to defend myself. With the poop fruit, I do wash the poop fruit. <laughs> that doesn't I mean, matter. That doesn't really? matter. But what no, about, what no, about um, you... cow manure and, and fertilizer and, and, and preservatives and hormones and all these other things in our food supply? Okay, okay. This is my segment of the show. <laughs> Natalie, why do you persist in torturing your husband in this way? There is a solution to your problem, right? You could just eat the fruit before it's gross. I do eat the fruit, but I don't eat the whole container of fruit. You eat like one quarter apple, three quarters Fritos. <laughs> no, I guess I'll eat more. Yes. Well, how do you feel about your chances in the case, Natalie? Well, you know, uh, when I came on the show, I thought it was going to be a 
a no-brainer, but if he wins this, I'm going to be pissed. I'm going to throw away everything in the fridge. No, you're not, because you're under Internet Oath, and you're, <laughs> you're abiding by the ruling. Right, right. I forgot. Turd fruit? Uh, how do you think you're going <laughs> You know what? Honestly, um, I think I did better than than I thought. I fared I fared pretty well considering the fact that I started off as a known sociopath and <laughs> clearly somebody that 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 bucks the system and and doesn't you know value their own life. So I, you know I think I got a pretty decent chance. You know. Well, we'll see how this goes. We'll be back with the verdict in just a moment. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Well, I've, I've rarely seen as principled an expert witness as Alton Brown swing in his wrath to fancy so quickly from accusing this gentleman of poisoning himself with dog feces and calling him a sociopath to essentially saying what he's doing is just fine and indeed honorable with regard to the saving of food. And the reason for this, I think expert witness Brown will agree, is that because both things are true and not mutually exclusive truths. Is that correct? I, I would say that 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 is correct and that the, the difference is that one is outside where things are very different and one is inside um, where where the food has been um, handled a very differently. The, the key word here is, is, well, two words here is, is dog feces, and I think we all know it. <laughs> so let's separate the issue for a moment. Let's keep the dog feces outside of this case for a moment and just deal with what's in the refrigerator with surface mold and things that are slightly going bad. Um, I agree wholeheartedly with uh, the accused, Mr. Hugo Plate Liquor, that, yeah. that food should not go to waste unnecessarily. And with the expert testimony of Alton Brown, I am convinced that there is very little uh, in that refrigerator, though it might be displeasing uh, to the eye, 
and even to Hugo's own tongue uh, that, that would cause him personal uh, illness. Uh, that said, there is no accounting for taste, and it should be stipulated that uh, Natalie may not want to eat some of that food. But if Hugo wants to eat a moldy grape, I don't see any reason to stop him from doing so. So in this regard, I find in favor of the accused, Hugo, you may eat moldy food out of the refrigerator. But in the other regard, Alton Brown, I take very seriously what you say, and I will, I will submit to your sentencing guidelines with regard to eating food out of the backyard. What is your recommendation? Here's my recommendation for uh, eating food out of the backyard. There needs to be a protocol for washing, first and foremost, any produce that is consumed that hits the ground yard. Um, and that needs to be uh, warm. And I would prefer there to be a weak bleach solution used for the cleansing of that food before it is cut. Secondly, once the food on the ground has been breached by nature, uh, be it uh, weather, enzymatic action, or the activity of small flying insects, once that food is opened up and the interior is showing, it is to be discarded completely, not, not opened up on the other side and then consumed. All of the area around the trees is to be kept 100% clear of, um, of canine fecal matter at all times. I would even recommend a small fence area to make sure that the dogs are not allowed to uh, lay their biscuits there under their own, you know, uh, own supervision. That's my, my, uh, my call on this one. Do you understand what is being ordered of you, Hugo? I do, and I'll abide faithfully. Now, it may be easier, though perhaps less back to nature to purchase your avocados and mangoes from a reputable dealer, which goes to the issue of Natalie's shopping habits. Natalie, you shop aspirations. We don't have to talk about that. We don't have to talk about that. Oh, are you the judge? Are you the expert witness? Are you, are you <laughs> no. the turd eater? Are you the bailiff? No. You're Natalie the overshopper. Natalie, I'm on your side. <laughs> I am oh, okay. on your side, okay? Because okay. you want to make salad with Fritos. And regardless of everything else that happens, the next time I'm in Fort Lauderdale, I will come over to your house and eat Fritos salad. Of course I will. You seem like nice people. And I know I can, I know that I can probably not get sick from eating your Fritos salad. <laughs> Especially if you follow so the guidelines. Just don't eat off the plates. Right. Don't eat off the plates. Well, that, that, is, that is the last issue that I'm going to deal with. But I, I, I think... Expert witness Alton Brown got to something very important, which I had not, I don't know that I would have gotten to myself, which is the habit of buying things in an aspirational way, not eating them in a timely fashion, leaving them to rot, fomenting discord between yourself and your garbage eating husband, and then going into a weird psycho game of bleaching and soaping food to keep your husband from rooting around in the trash. <laughs> All of this has nothing to do with healthful eating or thrifty home economics. It is a weird game that the two of you are playing that must stop. And so I order you to not buy a thing unless you plan to eat it within a reasonable time frame. And I would say that that time frame, I, I don't know how you feel out and about, you know, sell by dates. 
Sell by dates are pretty useless, but I think that, that they could set a, a, a regular, you know, kind of stop gap for themselves. If it's not consumed, you know, in a week, you know, it shouldn't be there. Right. I think they, you know, this, this, I'm sure there's a modern grocery store or some other market within a reasonable distance. You're not having to lay in supplies for months at a time. So I think that you need to plan the consumption of your fresh produce, especially, but anything that's going in that refrigerator, you guys just need to meal plan. And maybe that's something you could do together so that you could take responsibility for this together. And then this issue together rather than, you know, driving you towards the inevitable divorce that we see coming for you. (laughs) Mathematically speaking. (laughs) <laughs> just statistics. It's just it's statistics. Now, finally, with regard to the non-food issue of plate hygiene. First of all, Hugo, stop licking your plates in restaurants. That's gross. Yes. It is it is bad table manners. And of course, table manners are there not to keep you down, but to make everyone around you feel comfortable. You can get that food off your plate using appropriate <laughs> utensils. And licking a plate at the table, I don't care how informal the restaurant is, is not appropriate. Okay? Now, okay. Do, you, do you disagree with me, Alton Brown? No, no. And I, and I want to extend that even to um, any container like a, a styrofoam container that you might have in your car. Uh, because as a member of society, I also don't want to drive up next to you and watch you licking <laughs> out a Big Mac box. Okay? I think that's equally repulsive. Especially since they haven't made styrofoam Big Mac boxes since about 1981. Well, it's, it's been a long time since I've been to a McDonald's, okay? But I think you get the point. Especially, I don't want to watch you licking out some greasy box at your front seat, all right? No, no. Look, I understand in Europe they like to hang their Big Macs out for a while so they get that nice gamey flavor. Several, so you might, have some, you might have some older uh, art, uh, you know, antique, uh, what, what you call heirloom Big Mac boxes. Yes. But even so, yes, yes no. Stay... Don't don't do that. And, and and you know, basically eating while in one's car is let's just call that a luxury. I I wouldn't want I wouldn't want to see someone eating well, I'm not gonna I, this is well, you know what, Alan Brown, I'm gonna ask you. I eat while I drive sometimes, but I don't like doing it because it doesn't feel safe to me. What do you think? I think it's a distraction and a bad idea. I also think it's, it's, it, it never is the right thing to do for your digestion. You know, the, 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 the food that we eat in cars, we are typically wolfing because it's not a comfortable place to eat. You're worried about spilling. So it's not good for driving and it's not good for you. Right. If you're going to get something, it's like if I'm going to go to California and get myself a delicious In-N-Out burger, I'm going to park someplace and really concentrate on that fabulous burger. I don't yeah. want to be like splitting lanes you're and trying sit- to, you know. Yeah. Right. right. You're going to sit on the lawn. Outside of LAX yep. and watch the planes uh, and, and watch the big jets land while I eat my burger. Absolutely stinking lewdly. But this is not maybe not something that, that that applies to Hugo at all because you know when he's driving around with his cheese Danish, obviously he saves it until it gets more. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the other thing is that you know I can't help but notice, Your Honor, you didn't ask him why that cheese Danish had been there so long. Is he just naturally sloppy or was he actually cultivating this for the sheer purpose of knowing that when Natalie got in the car, he would able be able to torture her with this, which I think uh, might be one of the issues here. I presumed he was naturally sloppy. Let's find out. Are you naturally sloppy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, yes. naturally, I'm naturally forgetful and I have a lot of things on my plate. No pun intended. No, pun completely <laughs> intended, sir. That was the most offensive thing that you've said so far due to that intended pun. Now, with regard to your um, cleaning of plates, you, you, uh, you know, Natalie told one story. You kind of 
danced around a story about using paper towels and occasional warm water. Obviously, you feel extremely self-conscious about your secret shame being revealed to the podcast listening world that you don't clean your plates properly. I have absolute faith that whether you lick them clean or not at home, you are not cleaning them properly. I'm simply ordering you clean your plates with hot water and soap and dry them properly before putting them away. Would you disagree with me, Alton Brown? I would prefer it. Uh, the plates would be allowed to air dry after they are washed in uh, hot soapy water and properly rinsed. Oh, air not, dry is best because you can have a lot of nasty things on dish towels. You don't want to, not you don't want to clean it up with a, a, a dish towel that I've used fifty uh, times to to wipe off an avocado yeah. from the from the poop. Backyard. Exactly. Oh, your okay. your your follow through is correct. Sir. All right, all right, good. <laughs> so, do you all understand these orders that the court is giving you both? Yes, but can I just say one thing? No. <laughs> Stand by, Hugo. I am the judge here. I will allow the one thing. My house is clean. I promise. That's it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you're talking well, you're, you said, you're talking about its its, sta- its status with regard to its infestation of poltergeists. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I, I just mean that yeah, my house is sanitary. Um visitors can come by. I just I just want to, you know, have an open door policy with friends. I don't want them to all be scared off now. Well, now you see, you shouldn't have said that because now you really give me pause because you're the one who's accusing your husband of licking plates and putting them back in the cupboard, which is, I think, def- by definition, unclean. So, were but you I washed them. No, I, I, that's why I double wash all the plates in the washing machine. Right. I mean, in the <laughs> she said double wash. Yeah. Natalie, please define what you mean by that. I wash it with the sponge and the soap, and then I wash it again by putting it in the uh, dishwasher to wash. Well, you really are wasteful, aren't you? Yes. So, well, so basically, we could see this as, as Hugo simply has developed behaviors to try to counterbalance your OCD. I'm not the one with OCD. <laughs> you're not OCD? You wash your dishes no. twice, but you're well, not OCD. He licks them because well, I don't know what he's licked. He's become he's become a compulsive. You bully. don't even know what your husband has licked? Nope. <laughs> he's become a compulsive, well mold-eating garbage hoarder and plate licker in order to, uh, to counterbalance her uh, OCD fascination with washing of dishes and putting bleach on perfectly good food. And buying too much, you know, at the grocery store. That said, I will still come over to your house if you follow these orders. Eating fruit out of the backyard, you have to follow Alton Brown's rules to the letter, and I will still not eat any of it personally. <laughs> eating, food out, eating food out of the refrigerator that is sour or rancid or moldy or whatever, Alton Brown says that it probably won't kill you. I would advise you personally, don't eat food that you don't enjoy eating. That's a principle of life. If it tastes bad to you, you can throw it away. But otherwise, I admire your principle of thriftiness. And you may eat something even if your wife says that it is not palatable to her. You can't force her to eat it. You can't be licking, you can't be licking plates in restaurants. I would advise you not to lick plates at home unless it's 2.30 in the morning and you're by yourself. And whatever the case you're going to do, you're going to wash that place with hot water and soap. Uh, you may double wash it if you wish, but air dry it, or I would presume a, a hot dry in the dishwasher is uh, okay with you, Alton Brown. No problems there? Absolutely. No problem whatsoever, sir. Clean out all the cheese danishes out of your car and stop letting, you know, stop letting stuff rot in your car. 
and get your get your lives together. And then if you agree to all of these injunctions, then the next time I am in Fort Lauderdale, I will come to your house for Frito salad. Do you so agree, Hugo? <laughs> I do. And I can't wait to have you over for dinner. Sam. Do you so agree, Natalie? I agree. This is the sound of a gavel. <laughs> Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Hugo, how do you feel? Pretty good. I was still looking for a place to place another pun, but it never came. Okay. (laughs) Shut your pie hole. Shut your pie hole. Pie hole. Natalie, how do you feel? I feel good, and I still love my husband very much. Are you going to change your ways, guys? Yes. I think, I think, yeah, I, I, I can change the ways about the outside thing because the scientific perspective is something I respect. Natalie, Hugo, thank you for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. And thank you, Alton Brown, for being our expert witness. A pleasure as always, sir. Judge Hodgman, what are you eating? What? 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 Well, this is just uh, some old Frito salad I found under the cushions of my chamber's couch it's still good it's still good okay this is fritos are supposed to be this color and salad is supposed to be the color of fritos i think you're the judge uh so i'm just going to defer to you do you want to clear the docket i do here's our first case from eric my friend nick and i have a long-standing dispute over the storing of ketchup i believe that ketchup should be stored on the shelf or in the cupboard basically anywhere but the refrigerator Nick feels that ketchup can only be kept in the fridge because the label says so. I think cold ketchup ruins whatever you put it on. I also contend that the label warning is just corporate lawyers covering their butts. Ketchup's mostly salt. It's a preservative. We hope your decision will settle our argument once and for all. Ketchup in or out of the fridge. Well, unfortunately, uh, expert witness Alton Brown had to leave to go cook a fresh uh, meal for his family of wheat lacoche and, um, and, uh, and, and poop mangoes. But, uh, so I would have liked to have had his input here, but I'm going to have to wing it. Based on what he said about uh, refrigerated foods um, uh, being mostly subject to decay rather than food poisoning, and based on my own independent research into the uh, effectiveness of sell-by dates, because it's been a controversial issue since uh, the beginning of this podcast, I will say that a preserved sauce like ketchup, which after all is left on the counter of every diner day after day after day, is probably going to be safe, unrefrigerated, albeit for a shorter period of time. Uh, Indeed, they have found uh, canned food and bottled food on the bottom of rivers that have been over uh, 100 years old, and the food inside is largely still palatable. That is to say, uh, when it is opened for the first time. If you want to keep your ketchup out on your shelf after you open it, I would say please use that ketchup swiftly. And also, you have to write me a letter indemnifying me of all charges should you die of ketchup poisoning. Here's a case from Lance. Occasionally, I'll go on a midnight stroll to see a late movie at a fairly safe cineplex in mid-city Los Angeles. My wife, who's prone to anxiety and often fears for my safety in a sweet but sometimes annoying way, has asked me to stop doing this. She says she can't sleep if she knows I'm out walking that late. But I really enjoy the exercise and the experience of walking around a quiet urban environment. Plus, I'm 6'4", and while I'm not a tough guy, I think it's a lot safer for me to take a midnight walk than it might be for a small woman. 
Is a partner's misplaced anxiety a good enough reason to stop an activity you enjoy? Well, I don't know the specific neighborhood of Los Angeles that is being discussed here. Mid-City, does that mean anything to you, Los Angelino Bailiff Jesse Thorne? Uh, yeah, no, that, that means something. I, I don't know exactly what movie theater he's referring to, unless it's the Korean movie theater on Wilshire Boulevard that's on, like, the sixth floor of an office building. <laughs> if so, that's a great movie theater. I really encourage that he go there as much as he can, especially if he enjoys movies being shown with Korean subtitles apparently projected from DVDs. Well, given that I already told this other dude, uh, Eric and Nick, that they can eat poisonous ketchup, I guess this is the docket of living dangerously. And I would say that if you are convinced that it is safe, uh, you should do it. I wouldn't, personally, because I would want my wife to feel secure that I'm okay and I would go with a friend. And I have friends, but maybe you don't. (laughs) Is this guy going to lose from winning? (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, I would say so. I mean... You know, if it were me personally, I would reassure my wife that I was going with a friend or I was driving at night uh, and, and taking all precautions against, I guess, random mugging, which is not something uh, that uh, I have uh, ever had the um, misfortune to experience, either in Los Angeles or New York or Boston or Northampton, Massachusetts, or any of the other places that I've lived. But uh, it is not an, an unknown thing. And I think that it's worth uh, giving your partner uh, a peace of mind. And it's an easy thing to offer. And you have every, every opportunity to get uh, exercise uh, during the daylight hours. Um, but, you know, why not take a, go see a 2 a.m. movie in dangerous mid-city uh, while uh, drinking a bottle of warm ketchup? Do it, everybody. I don't care anymore. Eat garbage out of the garbage. I don't care anymore. Just don't blame me. Don't blame me. When you're in the streets of Mid-City without your wallet bleeding ketchup from your nose. Well, that's all we've got on the docket this week. Uh, Although our listeners do have something on their personal dockets. Why, do tell. Well, you got to go to MaximumFun.org slash donate and support the production of this show. Oh, of course that's right. We don't just get money from Big Huit Lacoche. In fact, we get <laughs> no money from Big Huit Lacoche or the French language or Canadian House of Pizza and Garbage or any of the buzz marketing we do for both fictional and or non-corporate endeavors. We get money in order to do the show from you, the listener. And we do that throughout the year, if we're lucky, but especially now, during what we call the Max Fun Drive. Isn't that right, Jesse? That's absolutely right. So, if you're out there and you're listening, show's over. Now's the time. This is the second show of the Max Fun Drive. Go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. And thank you. Stop licking your Big Mac box. Pull over. Get on your smartphone, your non-branded smartphone, and go to MaximumFun.org slash donate. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. 
The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at gosuperego.com. You can find John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.